This is Bumping Into Walls, a show about living with vision loss, the challenges, the successes, and the day-to-day walls we all bump into. Hello and welcome to Bumping Into Walls. Today I have my usual gang of co-hosts with me. Uh, Hello, Anthony, and hello, Kathy. Uh, I thought you were going to say troublemakers there for a moment. Well, you guys are you guys are that, but uh, <laughs> all that and more. Um, but we also have a special guest with us today. Today we have Adam Watts from Megawatts Creative here to talk to us about all things uh, internet and web and accessibility and all that. And why things don't yes. work when we <laughs> want it to. And. Um, <laughs> I, we hope he is anyway. Hi. Somebody who can probably code HTML a lot faster than I ever could. Uh, so, hello. Welcome to the show, Adam. Yeah, hi. Thanks for having me. Well, thank you very much for coming in. And might I say, I love working with HTML. Yeah, it's it's one of the good ones for sure. Yeah, mm-hmm. It's one of the base languages that we work yeah. with. Definitely the building blocks. It is great. You just got to have a lot of time. <laughs> yes, definitely. And then you get into JavaScript and everything goes south. Okay, well, all was... the geeks have taken over. The geeks have taken over. Well, no, the JavaScript is what confused me. And I will tell you that back when I could actually see, I used to love working with HTML. I had a whole book of HTML and sitting there with Notepad and my book and the internet, I loved it. And I was just doing it as a hobby. Yeah, it's nice. It's very accessible to get into something like HTML. There's a lot of information out there that can get you up and running very quickly. And you don't need a lot of expensive hardware or software or anything like that. Like you say, you can get started with just Notepad+. Plus. Yeah, I found it was one of those things that was also, yeah, like you said, easy to find uh, examples online of, of different things and, and whatnot. And, uh, yeah, I didn't have to install any extra software or anything like that. Yeah, that's one of the nice things about getting into web is that the information's out there, right? People want you to want you to be able to understand how to do it properly and how to, um, how to understand everything, really. Mm-hmm. Where there's probably not a whole massive world full of a- aspiring C programmers. <laughs> not as much, not as much. But there are, it's a, it's a large yeah. community, for sure, of developers out there. Yeah, and and that was accessible even for someone like me just as a hobby, just to build nice little websites, just, you know, just to play with color and size and turning things off and on and making things blink and, you know, just doing whatever, Um, making pictures. It it was fun. Mm -hmm. So what makes the web accessible and what made you get into it um well first of all i guess i just um i've always enjoyed working with computers and um solving problems and things like that and that's kind of where what led me into programming is just um the challenge of having a new problem all the time trying to solve that solve that issue and do it in kind of the most efficient way possible and um that kind of led me into the area of accessibility when when I was looking at websites and looking at um, optimizing websites, I guess, for, for PageRank on Google and search engines, um, 
I ended up running into the issue of telling Google specifically what what the page was about without it actually seeing images or understanding that sort of thing. And so that's where accessibility comes into play in a huge way. So Google's made it important for um, for big websites, for, for any website really, to rank properly. They want you to include proper accessibility features. Really? Yeah, that's the idea. Um, the idea generally behind the internet um, to begin with was, you know, free exchange of information and, um, branching out from that, you know, the idea of, um, accessibility is, is all over software and everything with open source software. You get, um, the idea that everyone should be able to access websites, even if you have an old computer, you know, mm. if you have a slow internet connection in an old computer, you should still be able to have the access to that information, I guess. How often does that not happen? Because it seems like so often, you, if, unless you have the latest of everything, it seems like designers seem to design things in this new world that is ever, ever changing. It's true, and that's that's one of the one of the downfalls of kind of the modern internet. You know, things changed probably about ten or ten or so years ago, really. Um, with I guess maybe a little bit longer than ago than that with the iPhone. Introduction of the iPhone kind of um, introduced the internet and software to lots of people that didn't access it before because it didn't make sense to them. You know, hmm. platforms were a little bit tougher to work with. And so people that were less um, tech savvy just kind of stayed away from it. And it was a little bit scarier. When the iPhone came into play, it made it a lot more visual for people a lot easier to navigate. You didn't have to know a lot about computers. And that kind of led us to more of a, um, a consumer-driven internet rather than an information-driven internet. And I think that we've discussed before, that's kind of the difference between iOS and Google. Um, iOS tends to be more consumer-driven a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Yeah, they're looking to sell you products rather than um, just provide a nice um, a tool, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, whereas Android keeps things, I find, keeps things a little bit more open. Now, it's still definitely centered around selling you things. Oh, yeah. No question. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's where things kind of get tough. You know, they want to provide a nice, shiny interface, something that um, keeps people's... Um, keeps people's imagination going and attention, right? It's tough to people keep people's attention these days. So when you're yeah. building a site, do you build the accessibility right in from the ground? Because I know a lot of guys in this town don't seem to, and you're one of the few that seems to. Is that something you always do with every client, or do you wait until a client specifically asks for it? No, with my websites, I always do that from the ground up because I'm coding... Um, like you say, um, if I'm building a WordPress website, that's one of the platforms that I work with most, it's quite popular and easy to customize, um, on a superficial level, I guess I like to build from the ground up so that I can include that information for Google as I'm going. Um, you always need to keep on including that information as your site grows because you end up including more pages and things like that. Well, and just on that iPhone, Android point and everything, you know, and it really does depend, right? Like, a, you know, you hear from different people 
who say, well, I like iPhone because this is simple and I can do this and, and this and this super easily um, and whatnot. And then you get the people who like who say, I like Android because I can customize everything. I can load in my own this or my own that or boot it into a different operating system of sorts if I wish to or, yeah, you know, customize absolutely everything. Um, and, it, you know, it depends on the use case, you know, kind of that Mac versus windows debate as well you know windows you have all of this control but for somebody who just wants to get the job done um they might not want to have that kind of kind of control absolutely it depends on personal preference a lot of the time um i would say that i i see it a lot in my industry because i'm working with computers all the time working with developers and designers and um just everybody in involved in the process and um what i notice is that people that are more visual say graphic designers or um, web designers who who more work on the front end tend towards Mac. Mm-hmm. And people who are developers, I consider myself more of a developer. I do design as well, though. I started out with that, and now I'm primarily a developer. I personally use Linux as an operating system, which is kind of closer in um, the way it works to Windows, I would say. Um, I would say developers tend towards Windows or Linux. Yeah, well, and I know, like, me, for example, having having played with all those different things, the Tinker and me likes Android and Windows and Linux and stuff like that. Yeah. But the, I'm walking down the street and trying to do two or three things at once might prefer the simplicity of how you do something on iPhone versus Android you know, yep. to flip a switch on the side to put your phone to vibrate instead of going into your little menu and yeah. and going to vibrate. But the the tinker and in, in 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 me and in people and the curiosity to, you know, how many different things can I customize <laughs> in this? Yeah, I think, and that is what what it comes down to. You know, if you if you want the ability to um, play with the system and maybe break it, then <laughs> you know you probably want Linux or Android, and so that's why I tend towards that. When you're cruising around the web. And you get to a site and you find something that you think is broken, but you're not really sure. You, you, for example, you try to fill out a form. Well, you get through the form and then you, you, you think you're through the form, but you, don't, you put everything in the wrong places. You, you, you're, you're trying to find a person, but you can't. What do you as a designer need to know to fix whatever the problems are? Well, you know, there's um, there's a lot that goes into diagnosing issues in websites. You know, it, it can be it can be as simple as the form itself was constructed poorly. You know, so the HTML is broken, or it might be a JavaScript issue on the page that has nothing to do with that form at all. So, um, you know, the best the best thing to do is to alert them of the issue and say, you know, specific, specifically what, say, what browser you were using, what kind of computer, and what exactly you were doing when the specific error happened. That's the best way to let people know, honestly, and it's, it's a little bit painstaking, but uh, then they will have the most information about it. Right on. Yeah. And, and what do we do when they seem to actually know that they've done it. For instance, I was ordering airline tickets this summer mm-hmm. and the um, alert came on the screen that I probably would not be able 
to use that particular site because it knew I was using a screen reader. So it said that I would not be able to use the site. And lo and behold, I couldn't. So I ended up having to use the telephone instead. And then when I was listening to a podcast from the United States, I found that apparently airlines in the United States, their sites have the same problem. And it's not just with Android, it's also with iOS. So what do you do when they're deliberately doing this? Well, unfortunately, all you can do is use the services that actually work for you. You know, with mm-hmm. um, with the way that technology is going, like I say, they wanna they wanna start including as many graphics basically as possible. And honestly, the philosophy um, in design right now is less text, more pictures. Yeah, and it, that's fine if you are developing properly. If you're developing a site and you use a lot of pictures, what you have to do is, I mean, for for SEO sake as well as accessibility sake, is tag those pictures with something that um, can give them some sort of context. You know, and so basically, as using a screen reader, when it hits an image and that image doesn't have any of these tags associated with it, it'll probably just say image. Yes, it does. Yep. Yes. That is what it says. Um, okay. Like a lot of times when you go to, say, uh, reading a recipe mm-hmm. and there are ads in it, it just says image yeah. or ad in it. And so I have no idea what it says. So that's, yeah, that's a waste. part of proper accessibility work on a website, developing a website. You have to tag every item that may not be, um, that may not have proper context. Mm-hmm. You're listening to Bumping Into Walls on CJSW 90.9 FM. Now, on the other hand, there are websites that I go to that recognize that I'm using a screen reader that immediately offer me another page that I can go to, tell me that I can go to the bottom of the screen and push a button and go to a more accessible page that has less stuff on it so that it will work better with my screen reader. Mm-hmm. Now those I appreciate as well. Yeah, that's another nice feature that you can offer for sure is just um, kind of a condensed form of the page. And we used to use that for, for news readers as well, newsreader programs that aren't as popular anymore, kind of RSS type feeds for your website. It was more common for blogs because they'd be pu- uh, publishing new mm-hmm. content all the time and they could push the uh, the feed into your newsreader that way and just kind of um, skip all of the all of the extra content that didn't need to go with it. Now, see, I yeah. thought that the original one that I first saw, I sort of suspected that it was the CBC one. I thought maybe it was being offered to senior citizens who weren't used to uh, working with all these website things, and I I think that that might have been the original use of it. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. And also, we could say, you know, it's good for people that don't have the newest hardware. Yeah. If they don't have the newest stuff, then you can load up just a text version of the site and still get all that information that you want. Like if you're still using 
old Internet Explorer. <laughs> and then, yeah. Yeah. If well, you still have yeah. Windows XP, then yeah. yeah. Now, it's funny, though, and I don't really understand why, but I, I don't know. You might have an opinion on this, Adam. In, in the especially the blind community, there seems to be a lot of controversy around the idea of websites offering alternative versions for screen reader users or detecting that there's a screen reader on and and routing to a different website. Now, I don't entirely see the problem with it, but I know that some of the concern in the community is, well, what if they don't update that basic version or what if that basic version contains different information and we're missing out on things and uh, it became quite a... a a controversial thing and Apple actually came under fire for putting a feature into its devices that allow developers to see whether you're running a screen reader or not hmm. to make decisions based on that. But I, I don't know what, what you think. I, I, I get all of the concerns, but I mean, if it's, if it's a way to, to adapt something, uh, yeah, I, I don't really see the problem for the, that. There's yeah. always people that are going to be looking for controversy, though, aren't there? Yeah. Yeah, I think that they're probably upset over nothing. Yeah. I think um, they're worried that <clears throat> things might get dumbed down or that it could get used for nefarious uses, which unfortunately there are going to be people who do that. Yeah. Um, But that doesn't mean that everyone's going to do that, and it could be used for a lot of good things. I'd say for the most part, yeah, you don't have to worry about it. Um, I Likely they would not change the content that's actually displayed from version to version of the site, what they would do is just simply give it a different container so that it looked different or filter out certain elements that didn't make sense. It's actually part of uh, one of Google's initiatives right now called Accelerated Mobile Pages, AMP, hmm. AMP um, programming. Basically, it's like HTML, except for you replace certain elements um, that Google will pick up and serve faster for you. I mean, I mean, really, when you, when you think about it, uh, what do most websites have to gain by uh, giving us less content or giving us something yeah. different? I think the main thing is looking at metrics and user engagement and um, page views and bounce rate and things like that. Again, you know, um, those are those are ideas that SEO companies push because they are metrics that look like you know you can you can change those you can you can make sense out of them basically um how how well or mm, how interested a user is in your content um will reflect in those numbers so if you look at um a website that has a lot of text on it and the user isn't necessarily there to read that text they want information about the subject though you'll see that lots of the time they'll have a higher bounce rate from pages. So basically that means the user navigates to a page and they leave right away because they're overwhelmed. Mm. So that's where the new philosophy of more pictures, less words comes in. And it is a shame because people don't know how to apply that SEO to and the accessibility to actually make sense of websites now. How do you think that's going to change? What would change the game on that? Mm, well, I mean, I think that people people realizing that they're losing money to advertising that isn't um isn't long term it doesn't it doesn't doesn't have long term benefits for them basically well the, you know. the sites i leave usually are the ones that huh. announce that unless i leave cookies on you know unless i oh. 
<laughs> I, I leave those ones immediately. The cookies sound so good. No. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's what we should call the show. Cookie sounds so good, but um, yeah. but I, I I you know when when they want to uh, start messing around and following me and seeing everywhere that I'm going after I leave their mm-hmm. their site, you know I I don't go into that. Yeah, that's another good point. You know, that's that's getting into the the idea of phishing on online. And so phishing is a way for marketers to understand more about the, uh, the visitors of a website. So they use cookies and things like that to follow the user around and get an idea of, you know, their, their age, their gender, their, you know, where they, where they live, all of those things and lots of other things, you know, so that they can sell them more stuff. But don't cookies increase the speed of your page loads? Or is that just a, a fallacy? Because I notice if I delete all my cookies and then I go back to page whatever, it still takes a while to load it. Yeah, because they say, oh, it remembers your your preferences. And yeah, all. cookies are good in lots of cases if you trust the website, if you trust the yeah. cookies that they're loading, because it could be just kind of your username or things like that that are going to make it easier or it'll slightly personalize the page for you. Your membership um, number or something. Yeah, 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 things like that. And, um, you know, the the thing that um, slows your website down or speeds it up is the cache. So if you delete your cache, then you'll end up downloading the newest version of the website each time. But it loads slightly slower. Yeah. On the other hand, Google keeps offering to give me a membership in some kind of thing to get a get a new man and uh, <laughs> <laughs> I never get those good old uh, uh, you, good. You, you want a new man no I um, never get any ads I'm just yeah I, well haven't well, been browsing the right sites then my, I guess my, so <laughs> I haven't been browsing any of those sites and my present man might not appreciate oh no he wouldn't that. appreciate that no I, I just keep laughing and wondering why they they keep saying that my my browsing history indicates I might be interested mm. in this site, and, wow. and I keep thinking, why? There's nothing that I've gone to that would indicate that I <coughs> want to do this, but apparently they think that I'm single. <laughs> but it's it's like anything with trust. Um, you know, for example, when I hear lots is when you're downloading an app and it's saying, "Do you want to allow this app access to your location and stuff?" Uh, and it's trusty nap. I mean, you know, if it's like Uber or something, well, yeah. I mean, if they have my location, then it's it's going to make it easier to book rides or something. But if you're downloading some, you know, little puzzle game and it wants access to your camera, well, that might be something you maybe don't want to do because you'll be wondering why does a puzzle game need my camera? And why are yeah. we playing a puzzle game? But okay. yeah, well, you, you, there's accessible puzzle. Yeah, games. I see. Yeah. I, I... Do you find that people sometimes have unrealistic expectations for their websites when they ask you to build them? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I'd say most most people that are looking for a quick website don't care what goes into it, other than just that it looks somewhat how they want at okay. the end. Um, unfortunately but you know there's there's a lot of people that really care out there that they're offering up a good experience Mm -hmm. and are willing to you know pay the right people to to write the right code and make the right decisions and like you said you know when people maybe start to realize the effect that that can have on their revenue definitely yeah Mm -hmm. i mean yeah well not just the seo but you know you think about it i get that you know we in the disabled community are small drop in the bucket as it were but you know even us if you make something on a site 
n- not accessible, uh, you're going to lose, you know, the, the money that's lost by not using proper SEO, but also the money that's lost by not allowing us to to access that. You know, you're 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 losing customers. Which I mean, if you're in the business of making money, well, be, do- I, I don't <laughs> think they're doing it on purpose, though. I don't know what you think, Adam, but I, you know, I'm sure that they are not doing that on purpose. Definitely not. It- it likely comes down to using some of these um, these code packages that people developers tend to use these days, um, rather than just developing from the base technology, such as like JavaScript. You know, you can use yeah. plain vanilla JavaScript, or you can use packages that add on. When I, I code in PHP, and you can use you know, there's a, there's a bunch of different PHP libraries that you can use to make your job easier or faster, but it's usually not as good. Yeah, well, it's that foreshadowing. I mean, I had to do a mock-up for something in a user interface class, uh, and after I... I mean, it was static. It obviously couldn't change or anything. It was a mock-up, but after I had um, HTML coded an entire 30-day calendar (laughs) uh, and said to my instructor and my infinite and naivety you know man coding websites really gonna suck if i have to like code you know if i have to code a calendar and do it all one by one and he's like well you know there's third party things and packages and things you can import and i'm like well that's super cool and then the especially the accessibility part of me is like well that's probably why some websites really suck because it gets to the point where i can log on to a website and you know see you know for example paypal you know oh this uses paypal secure secure Mm. portal okay then that's going to be relatively accessible but you know you might see uh the name of some third party thing that's being used and go okay i'm going to go find a different website that does a similar thing because i already know that this third party add-on that they're using is not going to be accessible um and uh you know unfortunately you know hundreds of websites might have used that inaccessible third party add-on to get the job done Mm -hmm. yeah but is the difference between paying a developer you know for Mm -hmm. 30 hours of work or paying 30 dollars for this plugin that so now do you want to convince a company to hey drop this plugin that like you said you paid 30 dollars for and have a developer kind of come in and do this to make it usable sometimes you know it ends up happening where um I mean, lots of the time it ends up happening where a plugin just doesn't fit the bill. It's trying to be a one-size-fits-all, and um, we get so far with it, and we say, you know what, it's just not going to work. You know, the client really wanted to use it, but we have to develop something custom because your needs are so specific. And in doing so, we actually end up making faster websites Hmm. um, with WordPress. Each plugin that you include in a website actually slows your site down a little bit because it's including more files and yeah. um, doing more checks on the database. What do you think the state of accessibility is going to be for the future of web design? Well, I think that it's it's fairly bright. You know, there's a lot of people getting into into web design at this point and development, things like that. Um, you know, the the ability is there to include accessibility for these designers that are using um, those those services, those um, you know drag and drop services. 
I hope that um, I hope that people just get online a little bit more and look at the documentation. You know, that's that's yeah. <laughs> one of my favorite things. Is I mean, just just it's it's there for you to see it, the W three C website, uh, World Wide Web Consortium. They are kind of the governing regulating body that decides what makes sense for the web, and all of that information is online, free for anyone to see. And I bet that website is extremely accessible. So I guess uh, perhaps we should wrap this up yeah. and thank mm-hmm. Adam very much. And once again, Adam, uh, did you want to promote your company? Or? Oh, yeah, sure. Why not? Yeah. My company is Megawatts Creative. I'm in Calgary. And uh, yeah, we build websites, um, maintain them, uh, diagnose issues, do SEO work and design work. Well, and thank you so much awesome. for thank coming in. Thank you so much for coming in. Yeah, yeah, thanks, man. Yeah, thanks for having me. We've been waiting for this one for a while, so I'm mm-hmm. glad to meet you. It was a pleasure to, to chat with you and, and uh, for us all, I think, to geek out with you a little bit. And, uh... <laughs> yeah. And, and we apparently are geekier than we thought we were. Yeah, well, that's, <laughs> uh, that's fun. I think so, man. And uh, think thank so. you. Thank you for coming thanks, in. Uh, and thanks, everyone, for, for tuning in. Uh, and, see and, and hopefully we didn't lose our entire audience. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and see you next month tune in next time to see what people places or things we've been bumping into to contact bumping into walls find us on twitter at into underscore walls or send us an email at bumpingintowalls at gmail.com You can also check out our website bumpingintowalls.wordpress.com Bumping Into Walls is produced, edited, and hosted by Jesse Trigarthen, Anthony Hodges and Catherine McLeod.